This morning as I was walking to my car, I saw a spider web. It was about this big, about this big. And I was looking at it, and it was almost completely perfect, except there was this hole here and a hole here and a tatter up here. And I thought to myself, wow, that is beautiful, even though there were holes in it, even though there were tatters in it. It was still a work of art. You are a work of art, even when we have holes and tatters. You are a child of God. And the waters of the baptismal font remind us that we are all children of God, and we worship God this morning. Thanks be to God. I have a question for the teachers, uh, former teachers in the room this morning. When was it that you became a teacher? Was it when you graduated with your degree? Was it the day you got your certificate from the State Department of Education? Or was it the day that you were hired? Or was it the day that you first stepped into the classroom, that first day of the first year of your career? I have a suspicion that in your mind there was some time when you were a teacher. But having grown up with teachers in my family, I also have a suspicion that you did not stop becoming a teacher. That there was something in you that every year as you went through your career or are going through your career that you are becoming or being transformed more and more into teacher. In fact, those of you who have retired probably would say, I never made it. I never made it. I wanted to continue to become a teacher. Likewise, as Christians, we have a starting point where we commit ourselves to Christ and we can call ourselves Christians But the process of becoming like Christ is something that is ongoing. It's something that keeps happening over and over. And Paul, in the letter to the Colossians, tells us the importance of taking off the old life and putting on the new life. Because with Paul, living the Christian life was not just starting, but it was becoming and being transformed. For Paul, the Christian life is about being transformed. And so the question before us this morning is, are we being transformed into the likeness of Christ? Let us pray. God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to understand what it is you want us to know and learn this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're continuing this morning our study of the book of Colossians, and we are calling this study Living in Christ. And two weeks ago, we learned about the way and the way of Christ, how it is not a straight path, but instead winds up and down and back around on itself. And there are certain characteristics that define or describe the way. And last week, we talked about the truth, the truth of Christ alone. The Colossians were having a problem in that teachers were trying to sell them on a belief that living the Christian life was about Christ plus something else. But Paul reminded them and us that living in Christ is about Christ alone. 
Today, I hope you will keep your Bibles open or follow along on the uh, insert as we look at the life. So we've done the way, the truth, and this morning we'll look at the life, this life in Christ and what it means to be transformed into Christ-likeness. But to get to this point where we are living in Christ and being transformed by Christ, we have to have a starting place. It is this starting place that Paul is describing in the first four verses there of chapter 3. The starting point to which the Christian life is, is to have committed ourselves to Christ. We can use all sorts of language to describe this commitment. In the church I grew up in, we called it getting saved. Some people describe it as baptism or starting to walk with Christ. I once had a friend describe it as going all in with Christ. He was a poker player. (laughs) Paul here, he uses the language of death and resurrection, where we die to our old way of life that is life before Christ, and we are raised to walk in newness of life, a life that is hidden with Christ. And God. What all of these descriptions have in common is that there is a beginning point at which we start to live this Christian life. There is a point somewhere in our lives, even if we do not remember it exactly, where we committed ourselves to Christ and started this journey of life with Him. That is the starting point. So the first question we have to deal with this morning is Has this happened to you? Has there been a time in your life where you said yes to Christ? Has there been a time when you have committed yourself to Christ? You see, living the Christian life starts there by saying to Christ, I am yours. I will follow you. Paul then goes on in chapter 3 to describe what the old life before Christ looked like and what the new life in Christ looks like. And he puts together Two lists. In the first list, he puts out attributes that describe our former self, the way we were before committing to Christ. And the second one describes how we now act as followers of Christ. And the first list is found there in verse 5 of chapter 3. And you can see on your insert that it's divided into two sections. The first part of this list deals with improper sexual desires and the internal characteristics that describe the old way of life. These include fornication and impurity. The word passion there means lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. And the second part of the list deals with ways that we treat each other. Paul says there in verse 8 that we should get rid of anger and wrath malice and slander and abusive language and lying. You know, that's a powerful list. All the way from lust to lying. We could create a whole new sermon series discussing these traits, couldn't we? And why is that? Because obviously we're still dealing with these things. How many of us can say that since we started following Christ, we now have completely put to death lust and greed. How many of us can say that since coming to Christ, we have no more anger or no longer say mean things or no longer lie? I don't know about you, but I find parts of this list pretty descriptive of my life right now. But then there's this other list in chapter 3, a list of things 
that will describe and mark our lives after coming to Christ. And it begins there in verse 12, where Paul says that we should put on compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. He says that we should bear with each other. And if anyone of us has a complaint about another person, we should forgive. He says we should clothe ourselves in love and have peace in our hearts and be thankful. That sounds great, doesn't it? Who wouldn't want their lives described as compassionate and kind? Who wouldn't want to clothe themselves in love and have the peace of Christ rule in our hearts? But does this second list describe us this morning? Sure, there are times when we may be compassionate, but can we be described as humble and meek? Sure, maybe we have patience from time to time, but do we really bear with each other and forgive complaints? If Paul was trying to encourage the troops here, I don't think it's working. In fact, as I read over these two lists, there's quite a tension that I feel in my life. A tension between what Paul says should be my old way of life and my new way of life. A tension between the way I act and the way I should act. A tension between what is and what should be. Is what Paul is describing here even possible? Can we really put to death the old way of life and clothe ourselves with the new? I think the answer is yes. In fact, I think it's not just possible. I believe it is what will happen as we move into our new life in Christ. Paul is saying that this over here is the way of life that you should be putting to death. And this over here is the way of life that you should be living now. And it is in the tension between these two places that we live We hold the new and the old intention, but the direction, Paul is saying, is clear. Living this Christian life means moving from one to the other. Now, this process of moving from one to the other is a process that takes a lifetime and most likely lasts even past this life. It's a process that is called many things, including sanctification or growing in Christ or spiritual formation, or living into the kingdom, or transformation. Whatever we call it, it is the process of becoming like Christ, and it should be our very purpose as Christians. So here is the question of the morning. How are you doing in living the Christian life? How are you doing in this transformation from the old way of life to the new? Can your life be described more by the put these things to death list or by the clothe yourself with these lists? Living the Christian life means we are being transformed into a new creation. It does not mean we've arrived. It means we are putting on this new way of life. It does not mean we have it all together. It means committing ourselves to the process of spiritual formation, to the path of spiritual transformation. But I'm not so sure how committed we are to this process. You see, I think sometimes, maybe most of the time, we are content with where we are in our transformation. We come to church. We don't do a lot of things on the old way of life list, especially not the big ones. And we reasonably say we're kind and humble and thankful and patient. 
And so what happens is become, we become complacent. We become satisfied. There is no longing in us to continue the work of transformation. There's no fire in our belly to become more like Christ. Instead, we become what the Bible calls lukewarm. Neither hot nor cold. Just sort of there. This has happened too many times in my life. Too many times I've stopped moving from the old way of life to the new I've never lost faith or become an atheist, but there have been times in my life when I was just not that interested in spiritual transformation. There may have been times in my life when putting on a new way of life was just not that appealing to me. There have been times in my life when my spiritual life could be described as lukewarm. And I have to admit to you that at the time, That really did not worry me. After all, I was still a Christian, right? I was still a child of God. I wasn't committing any big sins. I wasn't actively hostile towards God. So what's the big deal? What's wrong with lukewarm? Brothers and sisters, the life is not lukewarm. God did not call us to himself in Christ just so we could lead a boring Christian existence. He called us so that he could transform us and in so doing, transform the world. He called us to transform us and in so doing, bring in his promised kingdom. He called us so that he could change us. This life, this life should be transforming us into the likeness of Christ. It should excite us about the things of God that he is teaching us. It should prompt us to tell others about the changes in us. The people in our lives should be able to see changes in our lives. And we should notice those changes as well. But I keep asking myself this question. How? How does one commit themselves to this transformation? How does one move into this new way of life? Surely there's more to it than just making good resolutions or promises to behave differently. I think Paul gives us the answer to the how question in verse 17 of this chapter. He writes, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do Everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. If you want to move from the old way of life to the new, if you want to be transformed into the very likeness of Christ, if you want to get excited about spiritual growth, then do everything in Christ. You see, our lives are not compartments that separate one from each other. We do not have a section for Christ and then all the other sections separate from Christ. No, living the life means Christ is our life. Everything we do is Christ. So if we are shopping, Christ is there with us, transforming us. If we are taking a test, Christ is there with us, transforming us. If we are dating or reading or watching TV or surfing the internet, Christ is there with us, transforming us. When we do everything in Christ, we open our whole lives to his influence. And when we do this, then transformation 
can begin, then changes start to happen. This morning, I invite you to move into that new life, to open yourself to the transformation of Christ, to do everything in the name of Christ, and in so doing, change yourself and change the world. Let us pray. God, forgive us of our lukewarmness. Forgive us for not being committed to the transformation that you want to make in us. And help us recommit to opening every part of our lives to you as we watch the transformation that you do in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.